0: This episode was made possible by Dead Horse Branding. Dead Horse Branding is a creative management team who serves multiple areas such as consulting, photography, publicity, and artist development. Thank you to Daniel Reese and the team at Dead Horse Branding for coordinating this conversation. For more information, visit dehorsebranding.com.
1: Hey y'all, it's Ross Floor, and you're listening to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge.
0: Welcome to Popner Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. On today's episode is musical artist Ross Flora. Ross Flora is a seasoned, multifaceted singer and musician out of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. In 2012, Ross moved from the family farm to pursue a career in Nashville, Tennessee. Once in Nashville, he was able to build a strong audience base as a solo artist and began touring full-time as a lead guitarist and vocalist, performing with acts such as Johnny T Band and Smoking Guns Around the Nation. We chat about his work to Nashville, the hustle of the music industry, and his EP, Shoulders of Giants. Sit back, relax, and listen to my conversation with Ross Flora. Welcome to Popner Lounge. Joining me today is Ross Flora. Ross, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. (laughs) Appreciate you all.
0: How did growing up in a musical household impact your journey?
1: I would argue it was probably the biggest step all around, you know, it's um, just having that upbringing and where that was established as a norm. Just have music playing in the house, you know, all times, you know, and somebody's singing or somebody's playing, you know, a little sister on piano or something like that. So that was a, yeah, you know, so it was, yeah, probably the biggest step in my career was having that upbringing.
0: What was something really interesting that I read researching a little bit about your backstory is that you had the conversation or you and your dad sat down and this roadmap of your musical career path, essentially. What was that like and how did that affect your career?
1: Uh, Yeah, when I was a teenager, I was, I can't remember, like 14 or 15. And, um, you know, I was playing a lot. And I remember my dad got me a guitar and he was kind of, he was like, you know, like, look, like, he's like, these, you know. This is a, he was like, this is an investment in you as much as it is a gift for being a, you know, a good kid or whatever. But like, he was like, and he was a musician, a professional musician himself and paid his bills doing this all through, you know, when he was younger. So he was kind of, you know, he's kind of like, if this is something you want to think about, I mean, I know it's still early, but, you know, I could see you setting their sights on moving to a major, you know, music hub like Nashville, New York, LA, something like that. And he was like, that's, that's where you need to set your sights. If you're really going to want to give this a real good run at it. So from that point on, that was kind of the, um, we kind of had like an unspoken rule then or it was very spoken at that point. But even prior to that, it was like, it was like, you know, keep the dirt bikes on the ground. It's like, that's all I'll ask. He's like no jumping and things. He's like, don't, you know, just watch your hands with everything you do, you know. He's like, these are these are now your your tickets to wherever you want to go in the world. So so that was kind of how that conversation went and it made a lot of sense, you know, to me. I was like, man, so so having, you know, somebody believe me and the whole family did. So, you know, that was just, you know, that made it just so much easier to, you know, dream about it and be free to, you know, pursue this. So,
0: and speaking about the beginning of you pursuing music professionally, I know it's super hard for people to create when they feel like nobody is really paying attention in the beginning, because that's the way it feels like when you're just starting out. So how did you stay motivated to create during those stages when it feels like nobody's really paying attention?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say I've always had a good group of friends and a good group of, you know, a good family group. And it was always, you know we were in a rut. Dad and I would just sit down and play for hours on end, and then just, you know, and so it was like, there was never really that, I always knew they were listening above anything else, so, you know, that's all I kind of needed anyway, and I was like, so, yeah, but um, just staying motivated, I mean, moving out here, that was a that was a huge step, you know, for getting me through those teenage years, and, you know, through college and all that, it's like, alright, man, once this is over, I'm hitting it hard in Nashville, I and mean, so then once you get out here, i have just, you know, I went, the first couple of years I was here, I wanted to be cool and be, be a little jaded, you know, because all, all the real pros and, you know, the old timers out here, they were all kind of jaded and it was like, ah, I was you know, but like, so I wanted that. But, you know, I've realized it's such a blessing that I never lost that just excitement to be here, you know, in 10 years I've been in Nashville. So it's, it's been a, uh, you know, it's. I look around, I'm like one of the like older folks in some of my groups and in a lot of the bands I play in, if I'm just sitting in or something, I'm like, wait, I've, I've been here the longest out of it You know, I never dreamed that was a, ever going to be a thing, you know? So, you know, but just, it just, the excited and trying to keep an eye. I always say like Nashville is so great because you can learn so much. Anytime you're in a rut, you just go find a guitar player, or a singer, whatever your instrument is. You know, there's tons of them down here that, you can be inspired, but you know immediately again. So,
0: I feel like Nashville, in a lot of ways, in like a lot of other creative cities, it could inspire or shape you. Essentially, <laughs> when you're when you're a creative, much like LA or much like New York, Nashville, especially being a music city, I feel like can shape you and shape you as a person as well. Whenever you're there creatively,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah definitely say that's true.
0: One of the influences I saw during my interview research process, which was the uh, Tedeschi trucks band, which I thought was really cool. Cause I you know, recently learned about them. So what about yeah. their music or their career inspired you over the years?
1: So the Allen brothers, uh, were the first CD or first, you know, first piece of music I ever had was an Allen brothers tape. And then, a, you know, brothers and sisters CD. And we had all the vinyl from my dad's old collection. And all that, but they were always my favorite band. And, um, I love the, you know, the new age with Warren Haynes and, you know, and Derek Trucks of the Almond Brothers. That's, I didn't get to see like Dickie Betts or obviously definitely not Dwayne Allman and all them, but, uh, but I got to, so um, just love Derek Trucks to play him. I always have. He plays like a singer. So that's why I love it so much. He's just super bluesy, so melodic. And then Susan Tedeschi, who is, I mean, one of the best blues singers out there, you know, so her voice is just so soulful. And the rest of that band is insane. You know, they're just up there can, in, insanely professional. Like, you know, they can improv a lot of the stuff they're doing each night in front of on those huge stages. And, you know, they're just having a conversation with each other up there talking, so oh, musically, you
0: know. One of the things that I, you know, watching their performances and listening to their music, you could just respect their musicianship so much. And I know that, you know the more produced things become like that is a rarity now respecting really great musicians like you said about Derek Trucks like that is just so rare and so I can see how you as a musician yourself like that can be so influential as well Absolutely. a phrase that you said in response to an interview that really stood out to me was musical maturity when the world is so obsessed with like overnight success or making things go viral, how do we embrace slow growth or patience with our musical maturity?
1: Yeah. Um, so the way that was kind of phrased to me was in like, in your individual lives, it was a good friend of mine, Skip Brown. He was a producer for me, back and um, He's an awesome dude. And he kind of laid that out for me. And he was, he was like, how did you phrase it? You know, it's like, it's whenever you reach that point, and that's the kind of music where you're going to love for the rest of your life. So like for him, it was the Beatles, which the Beatles are easy, you know, and that's a lot of people, you know, are that way. But, but, you know, for me it was kind of the Allen brothers and, you know, and the Beatles, obviously, you know, and just stuff like that. Guns and Roses were on that list where it's like, I will never get tired of hearing this. And it's like, um, so yeah, I feel like everybody has that point though, you know, I and mean, everybody has that that place where they're at in their lives when they, you know, again and it's not about maturity per se you can be young and, and definitely have just fond memories of certain songs and songs that you'll never get tired of hearing but um but i feel like there is kind of a, a a flip that switches you know at some point in people's lives and they're like okay you know and, and this is so you know yeah
0: kind of like a timeless factor when it comes to mm-hmm. yeah,
1: absolutely. yeah 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 absolutely
0: let's talk about your EP shoulders of giants talk to me about coming up with the concept and kind of like the story around the EP
1: so I wanted to uh, pay homage to all the uh, all the folks that you know have gotten me this far and who I've learned so much from and when we're sit down to write a song that's the most, that's the first thing that comes to mind is you know because that's the most soulful really piece I think I have myself it's just remembering that and remembering who helped me and what was sacrificed, and you know, what was taught. And so, yes, yeah, so that's what Shoulders of Giants is. The, the song on the app, on the EP, Nick called Shoulders of Giants, is specifically about my grandfather, my best friend's grandpa, you know, my next door neighbor, Ron Lehman, and then Lonel Starkey, who was very influential. He playing music and just, you know, growing up around them and what they taught me and how to just, how, you know, how to live right and work hard. That seems to be... There aren't many influences like that these days, you know, in the, in the world. But, you know, it's all get-rich-quick and, you know, so...
0: I like how you said in your single, Cannonball was about bulletproof, unstoppable, focus, and drive. Do you feel like that was a thing that made the EP possible? Was that, like, that drive and that focus? And how do we ha- have something like that but not let us burn out whenever we have a focus like that.
1: I love that focus. I mean, that's what, that's why I love playing music is when you get up on stage, you know, all that, everybody always says, you know, the, everything fades away and you're just in the moment and that kind of stuff. But it, it really, you know, it's definitely just the hyper focus that you get, And, you know? So that's, yeah, that's kind of, what I love. I have to imagine running from the cops would be like the. if you're any good at it, you'd have to have that same focus. The drive, Right. So that's kind of, <laughs> kind of I don't know what that song
0: about. But. Hey nerds, thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you're enjoying the episodes so far. We're always looking to improve the show, so any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature, so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the
1: rest of the episode.
0: And listening to the EP, I can definitely hear like a a fusion of different styles, like blues, southern rock, and soul is in there, as well as country. How do you blend so many different styles, but not lose what your focus or what your intention with each song is?
1: Um, I don't know. It's actually, I guess, it's um, just kind of what comes out, you know, because that's what so I, am we'll say this. I didn't start writing songs, like very, I didn't do it very well to say the least for, for a long time. And that was kind of, my dad was, you know, he kind of told me back in the day, whenever I was a teenager, I was writing these like real crappy songs. And he's like, he wasn't like, don't focus on that, but it was, you know, he's like, just don't be another like high schooler. That's, you know, putting too much, you're not, you're not in the, lead yet you know so you kind of that sounds bad but it's like learn everything you can from all these other players you know go through and learn a Tedesky trucks album note for note get inside their trucks head figure that kind of stuff out first you know do deep dives and all these artists that you like and that you like to play and they're singing. learn their songs go play them out you know go play covers of their stuff for for you know until it's yours, you know, until you develop the confidence and you're in their head where you can make it your own. And then from there, that's kind of where, so yeah, I mean, I waited a long time to start putting out solo stuff. I mean, original songs, you know, on my own names. So, you know, but that's the culmination of that, I think, is because it, you know, I did wait so long, and you know, kind of developed a decent understanding of all, the, of all my influences and what I like about them and what I don't it just kind of blended all together into this little hodgepodge here. So.
0: Has there ever been a time when being open-minded helped you, helped you creatively?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I'd say all the time. It's kind of hard. Yeah, I'd say fundamentally creativity is open-mindedness. You know? so, yeah. Especially when you're um, in the middle of a song and it's not like, then you got to really start looking at the song from other ways when you get kind of in a rut and you're stuck. I mean, it goes the same with any type of rut. If you're getting tired of playing gigs or something, you know, it's that same way, be open-minded, look at it from a different perspective. And that's the pretty quick, easy way out. Well, not easy, but the quickest way I've ever found to get, you know, out of a rut.
0: Especially in the collaboration process as well, being open-minded mm-hmm. there helps. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So.
0: What do you think is the biggest challenge creatives face?
1: Oh, biggest challenge would be that um, the self motivation and the fight, the fighting through those. Days when things aren't going great, you know, and you, leave, and you lose hope in yourself, you lose hope, in, you know. And I mean, everybody happens to everybody, so you know, every creative it's gonna, you know, and then being able to like fight your way back through. Um, again, just self motivation. it's you know? at the end of the day, I mean, that's what you're really that you're the only thing that can get yourself through and some stuff like that, you know. I mean, you have an awesome support network, and I, Lord knows, I've been blessed to have that. Right? You know, I've got people that come to my aid and stuff, you know, family members, friends, all that. But, but yeah, just that self-motivation factor, keeping your, staying on the horse, I guess.
0: What was something that got you through those, like, really tough days, Uh, along with your inner circle? Like, what was something that got you through those really tough days when it kind of felt very much a struggle either to create or to put something out there?
1: Yeah, um, definitely this whole EP, The Shoulders of Giants, you know, I mean, those songs are, you know, it's, you know the line is, some days the work is easy and the road it feels like home. Sometimes the path is clearly the direction that I'm going. Those days, but those days, they seem to happen too few and far between. Most times the weight is heavy and the ending inside unseen. So that's kind of like the first verse of that song. It's So, you know, I mean, that kind of tells you, you know, it's just, that's whenever I channel all those influences. I'm like, man, they, Lord, my grandpa was out there with a handsaw chopping down 200 acres of, you know, of just hilly mountain land they got for pennies on a dollar back in the depression. And it's like, you know, he just did it himself with a team of horses and, you know, pulled up the stumps. and Sure enough, made, made our home. So that's, you know, that's always, once I go there, it's like, all right, man, come on, snap out of it, dude. You got this so easy. You can, you know. Create, you've got your own set of challenges, but channel on that. So, so,
0: imagine that it's an aspiring musician's first day in Nashville. What would what advice would you give them?
1: Uh, get out there and sit in. Depending on what what you're here to do, if you're here to be a musician, um, it's kind of hard on like weekends, but on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, go out like the two to six, six to ten shifts, sit in. Get your get your feet in the water. Like sit in to play. Um, go out if you're a writer, especially go out, you know, the first I went out the first night I was here. And you know, went out to the Commodore and sat in and you have to wait. You have to get there early. Sit through everybody else sits through four hours worth of, you know, of writers in the round. And then usually that's, you know, usually that's anywhere from four to six different, you know, setups of people and four people on stage at least. And then uh and then at the end of the night, if you were one of the first people there in the beginning, they sometimes, and most of the time, they'll have a uh, little open mic section at the end when there's nobody there anymore and just, you know, so but, but that's where you got to get started unless you have some clout, you know, from out of town and you have somebody can vouch for you. But, but yeah, so I was, we went, me and my buddy went to that, that uh, writers around the first night and got there at five and finally got to play at like 10 30 that night. And, you know, and then from there, you know, the, the, the person that ran it was there, they were, you know, still listening. They were like, okay, well, we'll give you an early shift next time. And then, you know, so then you get to the junior varsity level, then you got you know, start working your way up like anything else. But, um, the same way with, uh, if you want to play in town, you know, and that's, you got to go sit in with bands and, throw yourself into the fire and it is I mean there aren't very many places that prepare you for it you know just the amount of songs we are expected to know I mean the set lists are five and six hundred seven hundred to a thousand songs long sometimes so yeah you got to be a jukebox but um yeah just get on that like I say don't also there's tons of newt since I moved there's so many cool like Facebook groups um, Instagram groups I guess and folks where they're just, you know, e- people eager to play with each other, you know, and they set up jams, whether it be on their back decks or whether it be, you know, writers' events, you know, with somebody has with a big backyard or, you know, or something at a, you know, a little a club that doesn't necessarily have music all the time but wants to have something like that every once in a while. They'll they'll host, you know, something for new people to town, basically. So, so Definitely. Yeah, there's tons of opportunities.
0: <laughs> Definitely sounds like you have... Yeah, you need a little bit of, like, that that desire to connect with others, essentially, to, like, to kind of network and to work with others. To yeah, yeah. 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 So speaking about that, that was a nice little segue to my next question. You worked with one of our guests that we're going to have on the show, Cash Crawford. Talk to me about collaborating with her.
1: Oh, well, Lord. I mean, Cash and I, we met in 2017, started playing. I mean, we've done a lot of just gigs you know we've done several thousand gigs in that time so you know we did 650 a year for two years running and it's just so we were constantly and you know we're yeah she's really one of my best friends so yeah so um just one of the most i can count on like three fingers the best singers i've ever heard i get to play regularly with two of them so it's you know so and she's definitely one of those and um and yeah, so she's just amazing. Uh we collaborate. We don't we still ha- haven't had a writer's like rapid like group yet, but uh but you know I played on her stuff, She's staying on my stuff. It's you know, obviously I'm she's my first call, I'm and vice versa, I feel like you know, so so yeah, yeah, she's insane. We just played yesterday together and Sunday, so we're yeah, we're always playing together.
0: I love her. Her and I had a really awesome conversation about being creatives. And when I heard that you and her work together, I was like, oh, that's so awesome that you guys are connected. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah, she makes you better, especially when you're up on stage with her all the time. I mean, the, the amount of steps I've taken that I can clearly see from wherever I was when I started playing with her to where I am now. It's, you know, largely due to her from having to sit next to that monster every every, you know, every day for years there.
0: And that's, and honestly, as creatives, we need people like that to push ourselves mm-hmm. to, to be the next version of ourselves, the better version of ourselves. So, yeah, it's awesome that you guys have that kind of work, working relationship and that kind of, you know, camaraderie with each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: absolutely. <laughs> so what is your why for being a creative
1: I mean so it gets super hippie here but I mean just the creative and that's the I'm trying to think what's the quote I, I read somewhere Um just being able to make something you know like have something in your mind and then just have it come to uh, to be real you know like that's I mean, that's just and I look around, and that's all I see. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe, you know, that God made all this, and you know, and just I, so I get, you know, if I could just have the smallest of percentages of that and feel what that's like, you know, that's kind of, and that's my channeling there, you know, with, with God. And that's kind of where I really feel the most, the closest, you know, to, to the spiritual you know, world and, and all that. So it just... But I guess that's my why. Um, also, it's kind of, you know, growing up, that's just kind of what we did. You know, dad and I would just jam for hours. and be like, oh, try this, try this, you know, thing. See what you can say with this piece of, with this scale. You know, see what story you can tell. And So, you know, it's always just been an exercise, and the road never ends with it either. You know, it's not like you reach a master level or something, and there's no more to learn. So.
0: And that's what I, like, respect about creatives who have that constant desire to learn because i always feel that i always feel like there's something there to learn and to grow from because i've spoken to people before who they feel like they've peaked and they're like oh i don't need to like you know learn more about my craft i'm there i'm kind of a quote-unquote expert even though you're somewhat master you still have things to learn there's still like you know new techniques or new skills that maybe we're just discovering and you know that could be applied to your many years of experience and so yeah i i I agree i i love that aspect and i also loved what you talked about about how um creating something out of nothing is like a part of the reason why you're a creative too because i feel that i love that aspect of you know we see a vision and then it becomes a reality one day and i absolutely love that part of our journey
1: that's the closest thing to magic i think that you know or whatever you want to call it but yeah, you know, I mean that's you know, to have something pop into your head. And James Taylor says words are just falling and he's trying to catch James Taylor, who I consider one of the best writers of all time, you know, and he was he was saying, Man, I'm just a I'm an outfield baseball player trying to catch pop flies, like running as fast as I can to catch a to catch a line or two they are falling, you know, from heaven and, you know and said, you know, that always that's what dad, you know, told me since day one. He was like, That's my favorite James Taylor line, that's one of my favorite James Taylor lines too. So.
0: <laughs> well, Ross, I've thoroughly enjoyed sitting here and chatting with you. Uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and you can tell our listener where to find you on social media and where they can check your music out.
1: All right. So, yeah, my name, once again, is Ross Flora. Um, I have a website, www.ross-flora.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Ross Flora Music. I've got Facebooks as well, Ross Floor Music. Look those up. Um, My EP will be out July 15th. I'm not sure when this will air, but that's uh, this coming Friday from when we're recording this. And the pre save link is out right now on Apple Music, Spotify, you know, all all the streaming services. So go out there. Please go find me. Give me a like, a follow, download the music. Hope you like it. Uh, Stay in touch.
0: Awesome. Well, Ross, thank you so much for speaking with me. I had an absolute blast, and I appreciate you spending time and talking about your story.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. Next project, you know, we'll have to do this again.
0: Absolutely. Special thanks to Ross for being this week's guest. If you want to learn more about Ross, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Stepham and Vico. Vico serves as the creative director, and Stepham serves as the host and editor. To learn more about Popner Lounge, visit our website at popnerdlounge.com. You can follow us on all social media at Popner Lounge. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Stepham.